feel like I was really blessed to grow up in a church and around Christians who really took the church seriously, really took God's calling to be his people, to be his church, seriously, who really understood that nothing matters more than eternal things, who really wanted to be the answer to Jesus' prayer, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so the last couple of times I've tried to share a little bit about what it means to live that kind of way, a way that is different from people in the world and quite frankly is different from most people in most churches. It's not a matter of comparing, but just a matter of when we do compare with others and set others as our standard, then our vision is going to be way too small. But when we see Paul, the apostle, or Jesus Christ, they elevate our vision for what what we can be, who God has called us to be, and what the church can be. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, speak clearly um, to our hearts. Challenge us that we can have the joy, that we can really be your people. We really could be your church. Through Christ we pray. Amen. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 17, the Apostle Paul said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. Let's begin there with the end. Paul says, I'm glad. I live a life of great joy. Why? Because he's not living for himself. Because I, I'm being poured out. My life is a living sacrifice being poured out for God as an act of worship to God, being poured out as a, as a, as a drink offering is the picture of, of, of a worship to God. Why? For the, sacrifice, for the sacrifice and service of their faith. To be able to build their faith. To serve them. To know God. This wasn't just a one-time picture for Paul. It's how Paul lived all the time. So that he would come to the end of his life in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 and say, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The Apostle Paul is about to be executed for his faithfulness, for his service to Christ and his kingdom. And he says, I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. It's the life that I have chosen. Last time we talked about how do we live that kind of life? And then we made the point, it's an act of the will, not an act of emotion. As long as we are emotive, we will never make the choice to be living sacrifices. Jesus said, um, uh, 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 if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. Nobody takes up a cross because it feels good emotionally. I, I, I've, I've always thought, I, the sneaking suspicion that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he wasn't thinking to himself, huh, I can't imagine anything more fun than this. <laughs> no. Um, it is a, when, whenever we live a life poured out, it, is, it begins with an active choice to s- overcome our emotions, because our emotions want to self-protect. Our emotions want ease. Our emotions want comfort. Our emotions don't want to be poured out for God or for others. But Paul says, this is the life of joy. I, I, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. Now, this is crazy talk for most people, I understand. In fact, for some people, maybe, actually, I think they're, I anticipate two things. First of all, there's some of you are saying, yeah, I remember. I remember growing up in church. I remember seeing people that I used to really respect when I was a kid, and that's how they lived. Others of you are saying, I've never thought about this before. I've never seen anybody live like that before. And I'm really sorry if that's your, if that's the case for you. 
because the most joyful people that I've ever known are the people who live like the Apostle Paul, being poured out. And so it begins with an act of the will, not emotion. And then it continues with a choice. Once God actually answers the prayer and brings you to the point where you are being poured out for him, then you don't grumble and complain. What you do is turn to God. God, you are my refuge and strength. God, if you do not strengthen me, I cannot do this. If you don't give give me the power, Lord, if you don't pour into me, I can't pour into others. And the wonderful thing about that experience, of course, part of the joy is it draws you closer to God. It, 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 It demonstrates to you how God really is in you, empowering you, strengthening you, and therefore allowing you to do what you could never do on your own. But you do it as his hands and his feet. And so that leads us to the last question where we kind of gave, um, the, the, where we ended up last time. We said, um, how can we do this? How is it possible to live this life? Where you begin by telling God, God, I'm ready. It continues as you say, I refuse to to grumble and complain. I will rely on God's strength. But then here's the challenge. To use biblical language, bind your sacrifice to the altar of God. When you surrender and say, I'm being poured out, I'm going to be sacrificed for God for the love of others, then that sacrifice has to be bound to the altar. The psalmist wrote it like this in Psalm 118, verse 27. The Lord is my light. The Lord is God and has given us light. Bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the temple. You are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God. I will exalt in you. The psalmist says, bind the festival sacrifice with cords to the horns of the temple. What a great picture that is. That is the picture of the priest bringing a sacrifice into the temple. Say it's the sacrifice of a sheep. And you take the parts of that sheep and you bind that. You take cords and you bind that sacrifice to the horns of the altar. Make it ready to be burned in the fire. Um, This is the kind of fire that the Old Testament would call an olah sacrifice a whole burnt offering given to God as a fragrant worship to him. So the sacrifice would be bound to the altar. The fire would be lit. The sacrifice would be completely consumed in the fire. So the psalmist writes, Lord, I'm willing for you to bind the sacrifice on your altar. I'm willing to be set apart as a sacrifice to you. No second guessing, no wavering, no turning back. That means you say, God, I expect to be consumed by you. Just as that offering is completely consumed and the fire is an offering to you, Lord, I'm holding, I I just, may you consume my whole life. I'm completely surrendered. I expect the fires to hit me and to purify me. Lord, 
I'm anticipating death to self so others can live. That's what Paul is saying when he says, I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service for others. Completely surrendered. But notice who binds us to the altar, to the horns of the altar. Let's be honest. I'm not strong enough to bind myself to the horns of the altar. I'm not sure I'm willing enough to follow through with that decision. Um, you know, it's, uh, the Bible says in Romans 12 that we are to lay down our lives as a living sacrifice to God. And many have pointed out the problem with the living sacrifice is because it's still alive, it wants to get up off the altar. And so it is with us. Um, I don't have the will not to get up off the altar. So we have to say, God, you, you bind us. God, we can't change our wills. We can't change our affections. We can't change our desires, but you can. And when you make that surrender of the will, you say, Lord, bind the sacrifice to your altar. Change my affections. Change my desires. Remember Psalm 23. Listen again to Psalm 23 in the context of God binding the sacrifice on the altar. Listen to the one who's doing the work in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why is it that I have all that I need? Because the Lord is taking care of me. He's the one who's doing it. He's the one who gets the credit. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't. He leaves me beside quiet waters. He's doing it. He restores my soul. It's not self-help restoration. He guides me in paths of righteousness. I'm not just discovering them on my own. I'm not making them myself. He guides me for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare before me a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Actually, the original language there is a beautiful picture. It's, rather than following me, it's, which sounds passive, it actually is personifying the good shepherd here. It's the idea of the, the goodness and loving kindness of the good shepherd is pursuing me all the days of my life. God, you are pursuing me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Whose house is it? Who's preparing the house? It's the house of the Lord forever. How much of Psalm 23 is about us and our doing? It's about God and his doing. Our job is to obey. His job is to be the good shepherd. Our job is to surrender to the good shepherd. His job is to lead us and to change us and to strengthen us, to restore us and to pursue us. Our job is to say, Lord, I surrender all. And the only way we can be like the Apostle Paul and live as poured out 
when we don't feel like being poor, when we feel like getting back off the altar, say, Lord, you bind us to the altar. Lord, we make, we surrender our lives to you. Now you have to provide, you have to guide, you have to restore my soul. You have to do your work. I've always admired Christian heroes of the past who are able to live sacrificial lives, live lives that today we would call historic, heroic, I mean, because they are fully sacrificed and surrendered because I so often am weak and afraid. So let me ask you today to start with one area of your life. Make a choice of the will, not the emotion. Say, God, I am ready to go where you want me to go, to do what you want me to do, to serve where you want me to serve, to serve who you want me to serve. I want to be poured out for you and for others. I pour out to you my time. I pour out to you my talents. I pour out to you my treasure. I pour out to you my dreams. I pour out to you my day. I pour out to you my week. Then lean on him like never before. Lord, you tie me to the altar. Your strength, your power, your leading. Then when the fire comes, don't be surprised. Trust him. You're in his hands. And he will give great days of joy because you are walking with him. Heavenly Father, um, I pray that you would transform us into your people. Um, Lord, what I've just shared in these last few days is above me, but I know because it's it's Jesus stuff, but I know it's our calling. Um, Lord, this is counter, so counter our instincts and so counter our modern day culture. Um, But Lord, we would see Jesus and we would have you make Jesus Make us more like Jesus. Make our lives a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing to you. Lord, this is our desire. This is our choice. But we also want to say we can only do it as you give us the strength, as you give us the leadership, as you show us the way. Lord, there's no other place we want to go except where your hand would lead us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, next time we'll have one that's a little bit more fun, I think, than this. See you then.